0: Hi, my name is uh, is Todd Nyswonger. I am the uh, the lead pastor at Cornerstone Church here in Simi Valley. And this is a podcast that uh, we put on. It's uh, called Beyond Sunday. And our whole kind of heart and goal doing it is that we might be able to kind of look at biblical truths, look at the ideals of scripture. And our whole heart is to bring them to life inside of the local church because we honestly believe that the best place to work out this these truths is not conceptually but actually amongst people that we know and love and today i'm joined by spencer mccush he is the grand poobah the Mm. presidente of of eternity bible college he's a good friend of mine also Uh, a part
1: of cornerstone church and also a part of
0: cornerstone church an integral part of cornerstone church so we're thankful to be able to sit down but i think like the fun part about talking today is we're friends and I think this discussion happens best, like I said, just in the context of not only the church, but good good relationships inside the local church. So absolutely. one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're going to be starting a new series here at Cornerstone. And so that's why we're excited to start talking about it. just this idea of how do we think rightly, kind of living inside of a, a, a broken world. And, and no doubt, I think over the last year, we've definitely not only seen that our world is broken, but I would say across the board, Uh, We've learned also that we struggle to think rightly, and we've all kind of been exposed in in some different ways.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's one thing I think, if I'm reflecting back over the last 18 months, um, in the real cynical side of me, I look at, I know you're doubting that that even exists, I I have a tendency to be a little cynical. Um, But as I look, I go, oh man, it's so obvious to me that so many people in the church across the country are thinking poorly. Mm-hmm. And then kind of God and his divine humor and sense of justice probably, it kind of exposes my own heart and going, man, no, like Spencer, I I think wrongly. Yeah. And I've been exposed on how I just don't think properly about things.
0: None of us escape this one. No, Like across the board, right? Any, and in fact, I would say this, anybody that thinks they somehow, are thinking perfectly and rightly through this. Those are dangerous people and you probably need to be I have aware truth. Of them. Yeah. Well no, but there's a real yeah. there's a real way in which like I feel like across the board, different groups thinking they've arrived at truth, or even the awkward thing that I've heard, you know, my truth, you know, that kind of that internalizing of, of what truth is by what I determine it is, however we look at it has been just, I think, exposing just not only that our world is broken, but if we're honest, we're broken.
1: Yeah. Even in that, even if you're accurate, this will sound weird. Well, the thing that's one of the things that's been exposed with with me is even if I have accurate information, my posture and being condescending towards others um, probably isn't, the way jesus has called me to actually know yeah. things
0: well don't you feel like again so that we can set the context of diving into romans 12 is that in so many ways we were exposed that our thinking is wrong because of how arrogant condescending and i appreciate you having that confession right now by the way i'll be praying for you um but just that way that in kind which, of sounded condescending well might... which by the way
1: means talking down to people yes. i don't know if you guys knew that or not but... <laughs>
0: yeah just, so in case you were wondering but really the outcome of our lives, right? Like the anger, the vitriol, the, yeah. the arrogance, the way in which we think we've arrived in all kinds of facets and forms have demonstrated that not only is our world in need of God to do a work in it, but we as God's people, I think we're also exposed in this as well, which is why I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to doing this particular series as we think through the mind.
1: Yeah. So you said Romans 12. Yes. Where are you thinking? Where are you going to? Well,
0: Part of it is. Let me just say this: like, it, it, if you're part of Cornerstone, I would invite you actually over the next few weeks to actually memorize Romans 12, 1 and two. It's going to be the launch text for everything that we're going to do. But really, the focus that we're going to engage in is the reality of the mind. And I think kind of before we get going and looking into the ideal, we kind of need to set the stage. I think for even even what is the the mind right? Because it's it's more than just the brain. Our our the synapses inside of our, our noggin that are firing off, right? It's much grander than that. So why don't I kind of push it to you and maybe you can you can get us kind of walking a little bit and let's kind of press out this idea of what the mind is sure. and what it isn't so that we can kind of begin to build into Romans 12.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, the mind, I think, at, at some point, like you said, it's it's not the brain. I mean, it's not the physiological makeup. And so, at this point, it's I would say there's there's a significant portion of the mind, especially in Romans twelve, where it's talking about the renewing of our mind and not being conformed in our mind. That there's an aspect of the mind that is the way we interpret the world around us. It's the way we actually process and interpret the information that is coming to us, which then causes us to act in some way or another. It causes us to emote and have emotion, frustration, anger, sadness, withdrawal, any of those things. Those are all functions of the mind. Um, How we interpret the world around us, whether we're Processing th- something and thinking this is really important or kind of dismissing of something as not being important, whether it's something I want to uh, participate in or, or withdraw from. Those are all interpretive actions, but those are all functions of the mind. And so I would say the mind, it's more than just having information and processing information, especially in Romans 12 there, but any- really anywhere, that the mind is more than just acquiring information information. Um, or data but it's how you actually make sense of information and then subsequently how you actually engage or act on that information i don't know if that makes sense yeah or not, but.
0: well not only our world right the mind was also designed to interact with god right so the, sure. the the one who created our existence right like it's a it's this wonderful organ that god gave us as his image bearers which we'll look at kind of not this not from this last weekend but in the subsequent weeks it's a beautiful organ to also then... Well, the brain's engage.
1: the organ. The mind is the function. Well, I'm just... A, it's a—it's yeah. this thing that... We, yes. However
0: you want to put it, it's the way in which we interact, not with only within our world, but our interaction with the God of the universe, right? Right.
1: right. For believers, absolutely, because that's... We interpret the world mm-hmm. in light of how God has actually called us to. Right. The non-believers in the world are going to interpret the world differently than the way God intended. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we start actually seeing, wow, there's there's different ways that the mind operates. And you yeah. see that th- kind of throughout the New Testament, which I know is where we're gonna be going, yeah. but that's kind of what starts to set yeah, the, the, the stage. Yeah, the malleable
0: nature of the mind in that it's not static. It it, it it can be adjusted, which in this case, we're gonna look at in Romans 12 the need of the mind to be renewed. So what we're going to do now is I just want to dive in. We're going to kind of take a look at the ideal to kind of understand it. Like I said, we want to understand those ideals of Scripture. And so that's where we're going to, that's where I want to kind of frame it next. All right, so Romans 12, 1 and 2, just where Paul's talking here. I I urge you, therefore, brothers, by these, these mercies of God, I compel you, I Uh, in some way I entreat you, right, that you would present your bodies as these sacrifices that are living and holy and acceptable under God, which then Paul connects it up, right, which is your spiritual service of worship. There's something Mm -hmm. rational. There's something real truthful in what he's calling us to in that moment. And then he adds to it in in verse 2, right, and do not be conformed to this world, this pattern of this age, but be transformed by this renewal that happens in the mind. And I love this part of it, this mind being renewed so that we might test and approve what God's will is, which we'll talk about again in subsequent weeks to really begin to put our minds around what is God's will. And I love how he ends, right? His good, acceptable, his perfect, that word telos Mm -hmm. is the intent of God and who we're supposed to be, that when we embrace truly what God is doing in this world and who he is, that it is the best possible thing for us as, as his people. So that's where Paul's going in what he's doing. And, and it seems to be within it that he's getting us to the point so that, right, we can know who who God is and what he's doing in this world. But it seems to be that we as humans have to learn how to position ourselves to be able to get to that point so that we can understand God and what he's doing in this world. That The concept that you brought out, that capacity to view the world and specifically mm-hmm. as God intended it.
1: Right. Right. I think it's what's fascinating here is the starting point that that paul has isn't that we think rightly but we actually are starting in a broken state of brokenness we've yeah. started in a position of conforming to the pattern of the world which is less than what god has intended or different than what god has intended and then paul saying okay but as as you mature in christ you need to think differently yes And actually conform to what God's actually called you to, which is different than the world around you.
0: And I think like that's big for Paul because already back in chapter one, right, we we learned this reality that that there's this this reality of humanity, the moment that we chose to reject God, which again we'll talk about in a few weeks, he gave us over to the depraved mind, right? This Mm -hmm. mind that now could no longer think in the way that it was or operate in the way that it was designed to be able to rightly perceive the world. And that from that then, he, he connects it uh, later on into, I think it's like chapter 7, kind of 22 through 25, this idea of the fleshy mind, mm-hmm. that, is, that the thing's just the trappings of the world so we don't see it. But then in chapter 6, there's the, the faith of mind that allows us to rightly begin to see what God's doing in the world, the, the promise of the Spirit, the connection between the Spirit and the mind. That There's something Paul is saying that right. there's something wrong with our thinking, and we have to acknowledge right. it. And it needs to now be renewed. It needs to be moved towards the intent of God. Right. And that this seems to be the positioning of of what he's talking about in verses 1 and specifically at the beginning of 2 is how we as people begin to position ourselves to rightly have our minds renewed so that we can perceive God's will in the world. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. So what are you thinking here? Like, um, are you looking at just Paul in general? Are you thinking like, no, just in Romans, what was his... Yeah. Like, what's what's the ideal that Paul's calling us to?
0: Yeah. Well, it's fascinating, right? Like, it, it we'll get into some of these things later. Like, I was thinking about one of the concepts in verse one is a sacrifice, mm-hmm. and obviously he's building huge out of Old Testament language with this idea specifically of what does it mean. He uses this idea of a living sacrifice, an alive dead thing, which I think would have arrested the attention of people, right? How do you, how in the world are you a live dead thing? But I think he's calling us to something. I'm calling you to be a sacrificial living thing. Yeah. Like out of your life, shape your life. And I think specifically it's an authority issue again, which we'll talk about. How do we begin to, first of all, to understand God's will to shape our lives in such a way that we truly see God as authority and not us. And not us.
1: Well, that requ- I mean, that goes back to what you were saying. That requires us to lay down our thinking yeah. and, and, and our authority and go, okay, how does God actually want me to know things? Yes, Not just know in the sense of content, But how does God want me to interpret and then subsequently live in light of this this content? Yeah, exactly. Now
0: all of a sudden our lives aren't just these ways in which we can just live however we want and invite God along. God is saying, no, no, how you not only wrestle and reason through the world, you also pragmatically then live out of step with the world as I've designed it. And this sacrificial component which he then says is is pleasing right to god right and he also calls it it's not only holy it's it, it but it, it's i mean not only holy but it comes together in this way in which god goes no that's the way i've intended you live which then i think that's what he's saying that's your worship right the bringing right. our our understanding underneath the submission of god and saying no like i want my life my thinking all of it to to come yeah. in line with god which by the way though we'll have to kind of wrestle through that takes a lot of time.
1: Well, it takes a lot of time, but but if I understand you right there, so you're, th- you're saying Romans 12 is is more than just like bringing spiritual or religious knowledge into submission to God. So it's not just the religious kind of theology or whatnot that I'm needing to bring into conformity to God or transforming my mind. You're saying it's everything? I think it's similar to what Paul does in 1
0: Corinthians 10.31. Right. So he he, helped me understand. I'll get there in just a second. But he has this idea in this particular case, Romans 12, 1, the living. I want your life to be this sacrifice. Well, Paul then connects it to the most mundane things in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or sleep. Right. We're to do it all under this glory, this weight of God. In other words, bring your life, even your eating and drinking. Right. The most mundane things in life bring them into the good authority of God in every facet of your life. So it's, it's really cool. It's, again, not just my, what we oftentimes call my spiritual life. It is this beautiful collision of all facets of life into the good lordship of Jesus. That's,
1: that's fascinating then, because what if I'm understanding you right, that means the way I think about business needs to no longer be conformed to the pattern of the world around me, but I need to be transformed. The way I think about politics or the way I think about athletics or the way I think about my free time you're saying I need to think all of those things. I need to conform to what God's calling me to or be transformed to what God's yeah. calling me to rather than thinking like the world.
0: Yeah, which is, I think like, and this is maybe just a quick plug for EBC. That's, this is one of the things I love about EBC. What's EBC? It, yeah, Attorney Bible College. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Hey, I know that's cool. Let me get a little plug in. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I know shameless. That's... No, but I really do think like one of the, 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 I think like the heart of EBC that I love the most. Is not just that we sit around and cognitively wrestle with these things and place them into this awkward spiritual category. Mm-hmm. But it's bringing all of life into bear in such a way where Jesus's Lordship comes out, like you said, business, neighborhood, school. Like we're wanting to see Jesus Christ in everything. Right. And that's where I think Paul's building, which leads to your point, which I think you're, I can tell where you're going on this then we better be careful then of our inputs cuz you talked about politics you talked about a lot of other things like maybe the right. pragmatics of life right but he's now going to shift in chapter in verse 2 to really get us somewhere on right
1: the inputs and i think us. i think in order to understand what he's doing there in chapter 12 verse 2 where it's hey don't be conformed anymore to the pattern of the world but be transformed by the renewing of their mind you really have to understand what god's intention was for humanity and how we should actually know things and maybe how the mind actually should operate. Like what was God's, what's God's ideal in the sense of how the mind operates? And so, I don't know, can you enlighten? Well,
0: I think on one level, I'm going to leave it to Christian and you kind of in the coming weeks because I think that's going to be a cool part. Not only how we rightly are to acquire knowledge, information, things like that, but also how we wrongly then also do it, right? There's There's a right and a wrong way, which again, that malleable mind becomes important but the key there is on one end he's talking about this this conformity to be pressed into to to be shaped by the pattern of this world where there's one side of it where this world and its system that's headed by satan we don't even realize it right we don't even think about how much as we draw in information and now i'm not saying we shouldn't watch movies and have fun to do those kinds of things but really the way in which the world just shapes our thinking or even like lately i would feel like we've talked a lot about our political engagement right if if democratic concept frames my thought, if it presses me into that system, it conforms me into the pattern of this world. Or Republican thought as well, right? Like, I don't, I don't think it's either one of those. But in a wrong way, we can be pressed into a mold that we're not supposed to be because our mind is not meant to be pressed into that mold. We are actually meant to go through transformation to become like Jesus. But the way that this happens is through... The renewal of the mind where the inputs that come into my mind, which we'll get into later, which obviously includes God's word, God's people, right? These strategic ways that influence us to begin to think rightly about the world becomes so important. It's kind of that information that comes in is powerful in how our mind is shaped to be able to engage this, this world in which we live in.
1: Sure. I want to make sure that we um, understand the difficulty that we're actually talking, because what you're oh, talking about is like crazy difficult. I- we're talking ideal. Yeah. So the, the idealism, and we're going to move into how this is really difficult in this next section, because you started to set the table there for what God intended in the beginning, which I think we can talk about why this is really difficult is because we actually don't understand what God intended in the beginning. Right. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we can do that in just a second.
0: Yeah, we'll do in that next section. But I, I think the part that I really want to get to before we kind of head into that next section, which is so important to me, is when he says that you might be able to test and approve what God's will is, is that you can actually think through this world. It's hard, which we're going to yeah. talk about. But I don't ever want us to believe the lack of ideal that we can actually Right, rightly bring our mind to bear in how the world is to be perceived. And we have to, I think, as Christians especially, embrace that reality. It's, it's the same thing, I think, that Paul was saying in, in 1 Corinthians 2.16. He says, who can know the mind of the Lord? That's right. Well, we have the mind of Christ. Right. That is crazy.
1: Yeah, if you, if you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you, then indeed you are a new creature. The old things have passed away, the new have come. You have Amen. a renewing of your mind and that's part of us actually growing in our dependence on the Holy Spirit. Yes. But we can do it, but it does require sacrifice. Yes. And it's a kind of sacrifice. I frankly am. It's kind of foreign. It's it's a yeah. hard discipline to actually retrain how I think and interpret the world.
0: Yeah, So let's let's wrestle through that here for just
1: a little bit. Yep.
0: All right. Well, let's let's uh, we've kind of laid out the ideal there and what it what it looks like. But I kind of want to now. Yeah, really begin to move it into specifically for you and for me. I'd love to have this discussion like it, it seems so nice and wonderful. <laughs> um, but like on a confession level, for from my standpoint, this is hard. I yeah. mean, this is this is really difficult because to, to even to deal through some of the issues of to become a sacrifice, right, to willingly, like they used to in the Old Testament, take this this unblemished lamb, cut its throat, it went bad no more, but it was a it was giving it to the one who it was due. And now all of a sudden God's saying, no, I don't want you to give an animal. I want you to give you in yeah, all not, facets of your life.
1: Yeah, not just part of you, not just the compartments of your life, but the, the totality of your life. Yeah, so even look, the way you actually interpret the world around you, even the way you make sense of the world. Every facet of it. Yeah. Again,
0: now, and it, I'm so thankful we have a lifetime to do this because... Right, it's something you don't just do overnight. It's something that is a lifetime mm-hmm. endeavor of coming into the good lordship of Jesus and all these facets of life. But maybe, just on you personally, I just want to throw it to you, just as a, I guess, kind of a friend talk. What, why is this difficult for you? Why, what is it that the struggle? Because there's all kinds of dynamics that he's playing with here. From one side of it, right, is he uses that therefore to call us back into the, in, to understand the grand narrative of God, which we'll be talking about in a few weeks. The yeah. Sacrificial issue of it, the the way in which we're to intentionally not be conformed to the world, the reality of yeah. our renewal. Like when you look at all those dynamics so that we might know what God is doing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, help me understand. Why is where's yeah, that difficult? I
1: think we you? I mean we laid out the the idealism side and I think that's real, but I think there's also there's a in addition to the idealism, there's also just the messiness of life. And I think as I reflect on these principles, um, where it really is difficult for me is I have to go all the way back to like Genesis one and, and go, what was God's intention and how we were to actually know things. And in one way is God really wanted humanity to know things that we're going to unpack this. I think I have to unpack this more later, yeah, but, but go on. One of the ways for me is God wanted us to be dependent in the way we know things. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to be dependent. I'm a, I'm a fierce individualist. I want to just work hard and just do it on my own. And, and so I don't want to be dependent on how I know, yeah. but, but I'm supposed to be. And so what does that even look like? And so for me, going being dependent on, on and, and how I know things, and I know that's going to create some confusion for people, but I think one of the ways, maybe unpack it this way, um, I would say the two diff- most difficult things for me go back to what God intended in the beginning and, and that our knowledge was to be dependent on what God revealed and it's supposed to be limited to what God revealed.
0: Okay, can I stop and ask you a question off that? You,
1: you, you, well, there's two parts. Yeah, Yes, you may, but let me just finish this part okay. of going. What makes it difficult is is that's what God intended in the beginning, which I think I need to unpack that. But practically how that plays out now is I think I deserve whatever and however much information I want and I should be able to get it on my own.
0: So, what has that caused you? Uh, the people around you, maybe your observation of the world. We live at a time in which we have access to massive oh, amounts of tons information. of information. And but I'm a it's just, I'm
1: an info junkie. There's other words for that, by the yeah, way. We'll that, pray for you again yeah, but it's um, I love reading and I love reading news, and it's like. I'll spend hours just reading just what's going on in the world I love global news and whatnot and so I'm I'm consumed and overwhelmed with information abstract random nonsensical information all the way to like global events that are like hugely disturbing and you know kind of what's going on globally and just and what happens is I'm I'm overwhelmed sometimes with the amount of information I have that I have absolutely no control over or way to even participate in. And again, it's not bad to be aware of some of those things, but I don't know that we were designed to be aware at a heart level of all the different things happening globally.
0: It paralyzes you.
1: No, it absolutely can overwhelm me to the point of paralysis. Yeah. When I see,
0: especially like over the last year and a half, these huge events in which I have little to no control over, right? I mean, there's multiple series of events, but yet we're bombarded by it every day. And we actually right. then also, I think like some of that, that autonomy you're talking about, like we actually think we can become an expect, an expert over, you know, three weeks of looking on the Internet over something and solve this like gigantic world right. problem. But in one way, like it, it seems like it kind of paralyzes yeah. because then we can't put it in practice, right? Something that we can't put into practice, then only it seems yeah, paralyzed we, we can this.
1: be paralyzed to the point of yeah. disembodied knowledge isn't yeah. really knowledge, you know, because it doesn't. And that's where I think we start to see things in society. I know. I mean, I do think this is a problem in this generation, not just with younger people, you know, a generation, meaning this era of humanity is we get so overwhelmed with information that all we can do is give awareness yeah. because we can't actually engage with activity. Yeah. And we think that's sufficient. To right. and so, we're, so we're, to bear. Yeah. Awareness rather than engagement. We're
0: going to solve the world through our social yeah. media platform. Yeah.
1: And going, and so I uh, just, for me personally, one of the ways that this is really, really hard to, to con- not conform to the pattern of the world anymore is actually going, wow, maybe I need to limit the amount of information I'm taking in. And, and again, I don't want to s- being aware of global issues is important, but I also have to recognize that what has God called me to, and has God called me to engage in every one of these issues, or how do I have self-control in my acquisition of information? And, and for me, I, don't, I, I struggle with self-control in the amount of information that I am, and so I think any information is good information, and it's going, no, 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 self-control what are those the things that God's called me to, and that's hard because I don't yeah. I don't have necessarily so I have to trust the people around me and it's all it's all that stuff. Well, and right? then
0: right, I mean it's Google, Facebook, all those things they've designed you to want to keep looking right. I mean it's like you don't even realize it, but the whole internet is designed in a weird way. You know, not to sound conspiratorial, yeah. but to keep you. In the informational glut.
1: Absolutely. There's actually, there's an app that I had to actually get rid of on my phone because I could actually, it's a content aggregator. So I could pick my different news feeds and I'm like, oh, I like European news. Oh, I like global sports. Oh, I like, I like hearing things from Al Jazeera or BBC. And they all feed right into my, this app that I have. And I would spend literally hours reading global news and going, what am I doing here? I had to delete it from my phone. It was terrible.
0: And it was interesting like for me when I think through that, man, it's just like as I'm looking at the vast horizons of the world over which, again, I have either no control or very limited capacity right. to engage, it's almost like, though I felt like the difficulty is for me, is I miss the stuff right in front of my face. Right. Where it seems to be so much of where Paul eventually goes in Romans 12, which is the engaging in actually this what God is doing in this world, which what is God doing in this world? His local church, right? The engaging right. Of, with each other in these these personal, intimate, strategic, meaningful relationships. Yeah. But then in it then it seems like when we disconnected from the, the local, the the people mm-hmm. around us, this arrogance yeah. stepped in and we no longer you know, he talks about it in later in verse nine, let love be genuine, abhor what's evil, hold fast to what is good. We in a weird way we lost sight of that. And yeah. we even became like I would say, angry, arrogant people. Which again, this makes it even more hard. Is that when our minds are out on the horizon, we don't even see the stuff that's right yeah. right in front of us.
1: Yeah, and you you get so consumed with the brokenness of the world, you miss the brokenness in your neighborhood. Yeah, and going and so yeah. So there, so one side for me, that's what makes it hard. Is, is if I if I have too much information, um, I disengage or I'm yeah. paralyzed and even miss what's happening right in front of me. So that's real. Um, but I think, again, and I know I'm setting the table up, I, I'm going to talk more about this probably in the coming weeks, but but I really do think that in the beginning, what God's intention for us was, was that our knowledge would be limited to what God revealed to us and that, that our knowledge would be dependent um, on what God revealed to us. Mm-hmm. And so limited, we're not like in the beginning, you know, that that we were not supposed to know evil. We were only supposed to know good. And so we were limited. And and so like unbridled knowledge actually isn't the way we were designed. And then subsequently, um, our knowledge was also dependent on what God revealed. And and I would say sin actually, the the brokenness of the world actually is really perverted the way we know things and the way the mind operates. So conforming to the pattern of the world, all of a sudden we think unlimited and independent acquisition of knowledge is okay.
0: And we soak it in. Absolutely. Right. Once we get into that unlimited concept in which, oh, just keep the information coming in. And then I get to, you know, in a weird way, I dictate the information that's coming in me from the standpoint of you know whatever the source is. I don't think we realize what we're doing to ourselves in that moment of conforming to the pattern of this world. Again, it's like I was telling somebody the other day, I don't even realize if we understood how, if that's the pattern of the world and the pattern of the world is overseen by the prince of the power of the air how satanic that was Yeah, to, to enter into that, right? Like I hate to say that we are demonic or anything, but we bought into satanic, demonic things over this time and then wondered, why were we so angry? Mm-hmm. Why we were so arrogant? Why, right. Right? and again, that's hard.
1: Right, but to, to realize that like the work of the Holy Spirit actually does affect how I think and Amen. interpret the world around me and what God is then calling me to to engage with in activity, in um, realizing that, I mean, just that having to acknowledge that the way I interpret and made sense of the world is actually broken and sinful. That sin it wasn't just the moral actions of my life, but also the way I actually made sense of the world. That that also needs to change. That's hard. Yeah. But if we do it right, I think it's an amazing opportunity. Um, it's hard, but if we if we actually think differently. There's amazing opportunities oh. that's like, it's beautiful for people.
0: Yeah, like one of the things I was really wrestling through this, okay, so like that's the downside, which I feel like I have a lot of your similar things, where it's, um, I don't like to be told what to do. I don't want to become a sacrifice, I, which isn't the right. I mean, I daily do not want to become a sacrifice. I, I love my autonomy. Um, like this, this acquiring of God's will of putting ourselves in a position to actually know and understand what he's doing in this world. And, and and I think you nailed it so well, dude. Just this idea of being dependent upon the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Right? Putting ourselves in God's Word, around God's people, so that we might think as God intended us through the world. But it's so hard. Yeah. But I don't want to lose sight of the fact there is hope. No, absolutely. Right? Like, I, you get to the end of that, and I just love these words that he finishes with. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect, right? God. He, There's this concept in which he's laying out that to embrace and to know and be just ingrained in understanding the heart and mind of God in the world and embracing that as our own through the power of the Holy Spirit, man, right. he uses those words in there that I think are powerful. That word good meaning the ultimate good, right? That yeah. the best possible thing, even in I think in the midst of difficulty and hardship, mm-hmm. uh, that idea of pleasing meaning what a concept you and I can please the God of the universe, right? It, it, brings, it brings satisfaction to God as, as we learn how to live in this world in which he's created. But that idea of like perfect, you know, that Greek word that we throw around every once in a while tell us the intent of God. Like we mm-hmm. we can become the intent of God and how we think to this right. world. I love
1: that. And when we think differently, we are embodying good news oh, the for the world around us. Amen. And it doesn't matter, right? Of going, if I if I lay my body down as a sacrifice and lay my mind down as a sacrifice. And, and I'm no longer conformed to the pattern of, of the world around me and the way I think and interpret the world. And then, then all of a sudden you drop into different segments of my life of going in the way that I operate, let's say in business. Well, the pattern of the world around me living in Simi Valley, it might be, um, man, you know what? greed might be a real common sense or man yeah, just trying to good. trying to actually yeah, greed is good or just trying to make as much money as possible mm-hmm. and and I could maybe even justify that in some way or another because oh the more I make the more I can give maybe but <laughs> but what happens if I go rather than rather than trying to conform to the pattern of the world and going as a business leader making more money is good maybe it's going, well, maybe I should be a blessing to my employees and pay them more. And I'm thinking differently because now I'm I'm thinking the way God does and going, oh, God is the provider and God is generous. And, God is, and so as I start thinking and knowing in, in a way that's going to actually put God on display, all of a sudden I'm embodying good news, but that requires me to think differently than the world around me. Or if I'm looking around at, you know, Events, current events in the world and going, man, everyone is so fearful and angry and going, I mean, allegedly, not that, I mean, not that this actually, yeah, it's the, it's the word on the street. So I've heard and going, and some people who shall remain nameless, Todd um, might get (laughs) kind of pissy and angry at people's fear and anger. Um, But if we respond the way Jesus calls us to in, in, in a dependent way, or having, actually knowing the mind of Christ, then all of a sudden, in the midst of people's brokenness, in the midst of people's fear, in the midst of a real broken society, if I know things the way God intended, and I actually lay myself down in the way I'm interpreting the world, and lay that sacrifice down, and start being transformed by the renewing of our mind, what is it that God's called me to in the midst of this brokenness? More fear and anger? No, actually going, how can I actually embody Jesus in the midst of that fear and brokenness?
0: Which I think when you look at embodying Jesus, everywhere he went, people flourished. Yeah. Right. It didn't matter if they were the most wealthy to the most poor. That yeah. they were, no matter what their condition or they came from, Right. everywhere that he went. And I think that's why I love this idea.
1: Yeah, He didn't bring fear. He, he, he alleviated fear. Totally. He didn't, he didn't cause anger. He actually pointed to peace. Yes, and
0: and I think that's what for me when I look at not only you and I as friends, us as a part of a local church, and this is where I think it hits huge. Is that my heart would be we would have these minds that at the end of the day we we really believe that First Corinthians two sixteen where we believe that we can have the mind of Christ and that we can bring the flourishing of Jesus to bear in everything that we, we do yeah. in
1: our world. I know we're gonna set the table up here. I just There's so much that needs to be said here. And I mean, I seriously, there's so much more I wanna <laughs> talk about. To because <laughs> No, because like one of the things you just said, even of going, like one of the ways that, so in the beginning, God wanted us to be limited in our knowledge and dependent. Yeah. Like Genesis three, kind of, we go, the wheels go off the cart and we pursue knowledge in an unlimited capacity in a way that's independent. Yeah. And one of the things of going, actually being transformed is going back to going, okay, so what does it look like to to allow our minds to function in a dependent capacity and dependent on the Holy Spirit? Well, even that goes, what does it look like to bring others into our the way we actually know information and going, for us in Simi Valley, we value independence so highly and going, no, what does it look like to bring other Spirit-filled people into the conversation about, hey, how should I think about this? And that's so crazy, but can we can we talk about that more later? Because I, I want to unpack that. Well, I
0: think what it does, it says I don't have to know everything. Right? <laughs> but I want to. I know, but you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it I know really it, says yeah. that there's others around me that I can actually trust and say, I don't have to know everything, that the beauty of being a part of the body of Christ is yeah. that there are others around me that can know things. And collectively, we can together have this capacity to think and But it's so countercultural, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, even I I've wrestled through it where everybody's become an expert on vaccinations lately, right, where we think we're an expert because of a podcast that we listen to or a post that we read and how crazy that is to think, right, that that we're not experts, that. That, that we are dependent not only upon God, but upon others for the way that we operate and think in this world. But that, that'll have to be another podcast. You just but went there, didn't you? I did, but why not? We, we got to, <laughs> we got to wrestle and think through these things, but I want to just say just thanks man for hanging out and oh, talking of course. and of course. looking forward to being back. I think next time we're together, we're going to have uh, Christian Burkhart. He uh, decided not to show up for work this week, thinking somehow he's going to go to his kids, uh, uh, science camp or something like we let people off for things like that. But, Thank you so much just for for being with us today, for for listening to two guys that are friends kind of wrestle through this. It's our podcast is it's Beyond Sunday and, and our whole goal of it is is that the ideals of scripture would they would be bring into the, the local context of the church because we really do think that's the best place to work it out. So uh, God bless you this week and uh, we hope to be with you again next week. See ya.